3: On the podcast, listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason
0: McIntyre
5: what is up straight fire fan? it's me super producer rob g sitting in for jason mcintyre here on straight fire for wednesday august 10th got me with you all week this week while jason is out living it up on a beach somewhere for vacation hopefully he's having a great time if you follow him on instagram it looks like he's having a good time but even still we're looking forward to having him back on monday morning in the catbird seat where he belongs We got the fan mail segment coming up later on in the program. I really enjoy it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Again, if you want to get your questions asked and answered on the podcast, hit me on Twitter, at the Producer RG. The DMs are open. Shoot me whatever kind of questions you want to know. Again, whether it's about me, whether it's about the show, whether it's a sports take, whatever. Anything and everything is welcome, and we'll try to get through as many of those as we can. I got two big stories that I want to address on today's podcast before we get to the fan mail segment. But before I do, I got to talk about the big news of the day on Tuesday. And no, I'm not talking about the debut episode of Hard Knocks. I don't care how many times y'all tag me in these videos of Dan Campbell and his Dan Campbell isms. You could not pay me enough to watch a Hard knock season headlined by the Detroit Lions. You got to have a little more standards than that, guys. The Detroit Lions are everything that's wrong with the NFL. And I'm not saying that they're not a historic franchise. I do appreciate that. What I'm saying, though, is the Detroit Lions have not been a good team in, like, decades, it feels like. And yet, we get them every year on Thanksgiving. We get to watch them get plastered on Thanksgiving and now we get them on hard knocks. So no, I will not be talking about hard knocks, even though shout out to my guy, Jared Goff, who I think if I might, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive I'm right. Is the first quarterback in NFL history to be featured three different times on hard knocks. So shout out to Jared Goff. But no, the reason why Tuesday was such a big day for me was because your boy got out and played 18 holes of golf. Yes, sir. All right. Now, My birthday's coming up next week and a buddy of mine, he's gonna be out of town. He said, hey, I know we're both gonna be out of town for your birthday. Let's go on Tuesday, run 18 and see what happens. So we did. It was really hot in Southern California, but it was nice to get out. Anyone who's been golfing knows. Doesn't matter what the weather's like. It's nice to just be outdoors and, and swing the clubs around. And full disclosure, I've been golfing for about 12 or 13 years now, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I started taking it really seriously. I went and got, you know, Cleveland clubs, got a new nice Nike, gar- uh, Nike cart bag. You know, I was going to the range like every week having, you know, range sessions where I hit a hundred balls, trying to shape the ball in different directions, working on my swing. And I can tell you that none of that made a difference because I never got good at golf. Like I think I quit at least five or six times, you know, since I, I really got into it 10 years ago. And it got to a point where about five years ago, not only was I not getting any better, but um, I just didn't have enough time anymore because my career kind of started to take off. And so I didn't have enough time to get out as much as I wanted to. So because of that, I've only ever broken 100, which is a huge score in golf. Anyone who knows golf, 100 should be something you can break you know, in your first year. I've only broken 100 one time. Until Tuesday, baby, your boy shot a 97, closed it out with a par to not only hit the 97, which is the greatest score I've ever shot, but it also made sure that the buddy I played with did not win because we both shot a 97. So I tied with him. I haven't beaten him in golf in like five years. So the fact that I tied, it felt like a win for me. So thank you for letting me gloat about that here for a few seconds. Uh, before we get to the fat Mail segment, two stories I wanted to address. One of them very quickly, one of them a little bit more in-depth. Serena Williams uh, announced on Vogue magazine in a self-written essay that she will be basically retiring from golf later this month. She said she wants to focus on her family, and we totally respect that. My only thing that I'm just going to say about this is Serena absolutely 1000% deserves her flowers, not just for what she means for tennis, but for what she means to the sports world 1000%. And for my money, we'll talk about this maybe down the road, maybe at a different day, but maybe at least when Jason's here so we can have a good discussion about it. For my money, she is above lebron james and michael jordan in the pantheon of great american sports athletes because for this reason specifically she is a individual sport athlete for my i know they get a lot of pushback on that a lot of people are going to be like oh my god i can't believe you said that you have serena williams ahead of jordan and lebron yes and the reason being is because at least in my opinion it takes a special special person to be that successful in an individual sport when you don't have teammates to bail you out or that you can rely on in certain situations. The fact remains, as great as LeBron James is, he doesn't win that championship in Miami without a Ray Allen three-pointer. The fact remains, as great as Michael Jordan was, I don't know if he wins that championship without John Paxson hitting those jumpers, without Steve Kerr hitting those jumpers. As great as Tom Brady is, as a quarterback, the greatest of all time, he does not win seven Super Bowls if he doesn't have Bill Belichick's defense holding down the fort, shutting teams down, limiting the Los Angeles Rams to three points in a Super Bowl. When you are an individual sport athlete like Serena, who I think is the greatest female tennis player of all time, you have no one to count on but yourself. And I think that's something that separates athletes like Serena like Tiger Woods, like Michael Phelps, like Usain Bolt from Team Sport athletes. Now, again, we'll get into this later on, maybe in a couple of weeks, once Serena actually does retire, because I think we'll make it a bigger deal then. Um, And I can't wait to give her her flowers. And obviously, I want to have that conversation with Jason, because I think he may disagree, but I think it'll be a good conversation to have. Last thing, though, before we get to fan mail, which again is... Growing like wildfire. You guys have really enjoyed that segment so far. I know it's only day two, but it seems like the, the fans like this segment. I'm excited about it. Quickly, though, on the other big story of the day to come in on Tuesday. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell spoke with the media and let it be known that they will be seeking at least one year suspension for Deshaun Watson in their appeal. That is currently under review and Goodell's rationale in this situation is that they've seen the evidence quote. She was very clear talking about Sue Al Robinson about the evidence. She reinforced the evidence. There were multiple violations that were egregious and it was predatory behavior. I agree with everything Roger Goodell said in his statement. I believed before all of this shook out and the actual suspension came down that Deshaun Watson should get a minimum of 12 games for his actions in all of those massage therapy parlors, hotel rooms, bedrooms, wherever he was doing it. I agree. It was predatory behavior. And I thought that 12 games at a minimum should have been the suspension. Having said that, though, I firmly believe that the six-game suspension handed down by Judge Robinson should stand. I don't believe that this is fair to the process. What Deshaun Watson did was heinous, and I'm assuming that he did it because I— I got a lot of people tweeting me, DMing me saying like, oh, you know, this is a big conspiracy. Obviously, none of this came out until he demanded a trade. The Houston Texans are in on it. All these women are lying. Like, look, if there's one, two, three, maybe, maybe I could believe that this wasn't true. But when you have 20 plus women making these accusations, when you have Reporters doing the research and finding out that he visited over 60 different massage therapists inside of two years. It's clear that that man had ulterior motives. It's clear he was on the prowl for something and what he was doing was unsavory. But again, the issue at hand is not whether or not he did it because Judge Robinson, an independent arbiter, determined that the NFL proved their case. They proved that he was doing all of the things that they alleged he was doing. The issue here, though, is precedence. As Judge Robinson noted in her opinion that was published last week, it is inherently unfair to identify conduct as prohibited Only after the conduct has been committed, just as it is inherently unjust to change the penalties for such conduct after the fact. The NFL's personal conduct policy, as Judge Robinson laid out, dictates that the punishment for his acts, no matter how heinous, no matter how disgusting that they might be, is six games. The NFL cannot, oh, actually, no, they can because Roger Goodell has that power, which is a whole nother can of worms because the NFL PA fighting for years to get their cases heard by an independent arbiter only to allow the NFL to sneak in language that enables Roger Goodell to still appeal and overrule, basically, any independent arbiter is asinine. So that's besides the point. The fact is, though, it is unfair, it is wrong, in my opinion, for the NFL to come in after the fact and decide that they can change the precedent to better fit what they want to happen to Deshaun Watson. Again, I believe he is guilty. The judge believes he is guilty. I believe going into this, 12 games minimum, should have been the suspension. That was my opinion. However, a judge, an independent arbiter, who was more familiar with law and contracts and legalese than anybody else, I'm assuming, listening to this podcast, determined that while, yes, what he was doing was heinous, while, yes, what he was doing violated the NFL's personal conduct policy, the fact remains is, according to the terms included In the personal conduct policy, the most we could give him was six games. And that's part of the reason why I think that the NFL made a mistake with this appeal. If you're not going to follow through with what the independent arbiter decided, then what was the point of having it? If you were just going to try to strong arm your way into getting him a season long or indefinite suspension to me it just makes the whole thing feel like a big waste of time but that's my two cents on the issue all right sorry to take it uh, such a heavy direction i didn't mean to i know you guys listen to this podcast to have fun and laugh a little bit so without further ado we're gonna switch it up take a lighter tone with fan mail
2: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip <laughs>
4: You got mail. Oh
1: my god, I'm your
4: biggest fan. It's time for some fan mail.
5: Day 2 of the Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre podcast fan mail segment. It was such a big hit. We decided to bring it back for day 2. Uh you know, got some of your your tweets, some of the DMs and and um I must say I don't think a lot of you guys saw Las Vegas like I told you to because the, the few people I know who were, you know, messaging me about it was all negative. And so I don't think you actually watched the movie. Right? Yeah, I think you're just trying to get into trying to grind my gears, so to speak, because you don't want to admit that that movie is in fact the greatest movie of all time. But, you know, I digress. Having said that though, let's dive into the mailbag or the DMs or the tweets, however you want to call it. This kid's called a mailbag. Uh, question number one today. Why do you hate Magic? Why do you I don't hate Magic Johnson, okay? And obviously, whoever sent this one must listen to the odd couple uh weeknights, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports Radio, Chris Brosard and Raw Parker. Uh shameless plug, obviously. Look, I do not hate Magic Johnson. Okay, all of this started because My friend, Chris, a friend of this podcast, Chris Broussard, uh, back in the day before COVID hit, when he was coming in the studio here in L.A., would routinely go out of his way to point out how great 80s and 90s basketball was compared to what we're seeing today and yada, yada, yada. You know, you don't know what real basketball was. So so, during one of the shows, um, I went on YouTube and I pulled up. Game film because you can find pretty much anything on YouTube these days. I pulled up game film of one of the NBA finals between the Showtime Lakers and the uh, Larry Bird Celtics, and when I tell you that the game that they had queued up—I don't exactly remember which game of the series it was—was was some of the worst basketball you'd ever seen for like five minutes. I mean, it, it was it was bad. It's just. No athleticism, you know, everything's played below the free throw line. I know it's a different time. You know, that's the way the game was played. I'm not going to hate on those guys. It was just, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. And in the clip that we saw or that we saw together, Chris and I, um, I don't think anyone made a shot like in the first five minutes, you know, missed layups everywhere. It was bad. And I remember watching it and telling him that, you know, Magic Johnson's only dribbling with his right hand you know he's turning his back to the defense kind of backing a guy down from half court and getting to their half court sets and if they there was no fast break opportunity that's it was just right hand right hand right hand you know pass right hand right hand right hand behind the back pass right hand right hand right hand miss jump shot like that's that's what he was doing you know it, it, it's it's not to degrade magic johnson it was just that's the way that the guy played and and obviously the way he played was highly successful for him. You know, he's was the greatest point guard of all time. So no, I do not hate Magic Johnson. Uh, I, I guess though where the idea got ingrained into the audience's head even further is uh maybe like a year later I was asked to name my top five players uh in the actually no no, no. I was doing the hot seat and I said that My hot take was that Magic Johnson was not a top five player in NBA history. And I really believe that. And that's not to, again, not to be disrespectful of Magic Johnson, who was the greatest point guard and arguably the greatest Laker. And I'm a Laker fan of all time. It's that Magic Johnson, for all of his passing skills and making teammates better, which he does. I'm not going to say that he doesn't. There is, though an entire half of the court, the other half of basketball, that he was, I'm not going to say a liability, but he wasn't great. Like, you know, Magic Johnson was never known as a great defender, okay? And so when I said that he's not a top five NBA player of all time, I'm not dissing him. I have him sixth, right? Like, I, if that's a, I wish someone would call me the sixth greatest producer of all time. Like that's a freaking compliment. But again, Magic Johnson, five time champ, three times Finals MVP, three time MVP. Uh, I I don't think he ever made an, an all defensive team. And the guys that I had in front of him at four and five are Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. Like is is that disrespectful to Magic Johnson that I have two legends? Of this modern era, ahead of him, like Kobe's got five rings. He's a two-time Finals MVP. He's got one MVP. Should have more. We have been through this before. We've litigated it plenty of times. He's also like nine times all defense, first team. You know, a bunch, couple of second team all defenses. Tim Duncan, Mister Fundamental. You know, I I know that his game's not flashy, and 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 he's arguably the most like disrespected great player ever. In NBA history, five-time champ, three-time finals MVP, two-time MVP, eight-time first-team all-defense, seven-time all-defense second-team. Like, not only are these guys fantastic on the offensive end, in each case, both of them, I think, were like the hubs for what they did offensively, maybe not as as electric or as exciting as Magic was, but they were also all-time greats on the defensive end. Like, that. that's i don't understand how me saying that magic johnson i have him behind kobe bryant and tim duncan is me hating magic johnson like come on dude, i haven't sixth so don't don't email me and don't dm me stuff like that come on man like that's spinning my words a little bit gosh all right move on
2: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive.
5: Question number two. Scrolling through some more here. Uh, have you ever thought about hosting your own show? Um, I didn't get into this business to host shows. I, I never thought that I would ever get this opportunity to do that. Um, anyone who knows the story knows that me even getting hired at Fox and iHeart kind of happened by accident. Yeah, um, I was looking. I was in college and I was looking for an internship, and you know. Um, I saw the Fox Sports Radio internship available online and I click on it. And, you know, nowadays and, and which was the norm even when I applied back in uh, 2009, I think is when I applied. I started 2010 uh, winter semester was, um, you know, you click on the careers page and it'll take you to the careers, Fox Sports, ESPN, CBS, whatever TMZ career page. You Hopefully you get through the algorithm. Um, In this case, though, the person who set up the internship program at fox sports radio at the time had her direct email on there so me and a handful of other people before they got it corrected were able to email her directly and and you know got an interview and then then, you know as they say it goes um but i i never had any aspirations of becoming an on-air personality number one because i didn't get into this business for that and number two uh cuz I always wanted to produce like that's what I always wanted to do that was my goal was to produce um but number 2 I never thought that anybody would really care what I had to say um I've talked to plenty of people who are big time talents in this business going back for my decade plus of producing network level radio and you know meet a lot of people at super bowl parties things like that remotes and Everybody had an opinion. Like, that's one thing we learned on Twitter. You know, I'm sure there's going to be people who respond to this podcast and tell me how, you know, how shitty my Magic Johnson take was. I get it. It's That's fine. Um, the difference, though, between those guys and people, you know, sending me hate tweets or YouTube comments or whatever and someone like, you know, Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or whoever is – you know, people care what those guys have to say. Like, you know, they they, the, they kind of have earned their stripes. Either because they worked their way up from reporting locally and then local television and then spot hits. And then eventually they became, you know, the faces of their networks. Or, you know, you're a former athlete. So, you ob- obviously, there you have some credentials. And it's like guys like me who, you know, peaked in high school <laughs> whatever, you know, like no one cares what I have to th- say, you know. So, uh, there's a long way to answer this question, but no, I, I never thought about hosting my own show until recently when I started helping out with this podcast and then, you know, on doing the radio show with the odd couple filled in hosting that a couple of times. And it's like, I obviously got an opinion, you know, anyone on Twitter has an opinion and and now I'm learning that because, and this is true in almost any business because I know the right people now, because I'm aligned pretty well with J Mac and, Broussard and Parker and a few other people. Uh, suddenly, I have, you know, a, a rice grain's worth of credibility, I guess, and and people kind of care what I have to say. So, looking forward now, I don't know if I'm, I'd be willing, I'm not saying I won't be willing. I don't know if I would turn my life upside down and give up the great jobs I have with this podcast and the radio show to chase a dream of hosting a, uh, my own show, but. If the offer or the opportunity would ever present itself, absolutely. I think this is this is fun to me. All right, moving on. I think we got time for one more. I kind of went a little longer than the last question. Sorry about that. Uh your biggest surprise this upcoming NFL season. Ooh, that's a good one. Um I'll tell you what, I don't I don't know if this is a huge surprise. It's just I, I don't think I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Um I think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to be the worst team in football uh, this season, and it's mostly by design. I think um, their quarterback situation is a dumpster fire. I mean, apologies to Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke. If your friends or family listen to this podcast, I'm sure they're super nice guys. It's neither one of them. I think is a legitimate starting NFL quarterback um, in the year 2022, and. When I say that it's by design that they're gonna lose games and be the worst team in the NFL, it's it's not that I think they're just gonna, you know, lose games on purpose, like, oh, I fumbled the ball or oh, they've got to run into the end zone, I'm not gonna tackle them, So let them score. Like, I d I don't that's not gonna happen. The guys are professional athletes, they have more pride than that. Um, but again, their quarterback situation is a travesty. And as soon as they decided that they weren't gonna make a real offer for Baker Mayfield or or Jimmy G. and and try to get at least a stopgap guy in there to make you competitive, um, I think that that the writing's on the wall. Like, and look at it this way. Would you rather, let's say with Baker Mayfield, you make a trade, you give up a fifth round, sixth round pick, whatever, for Baker Mayfield, you take some of his salary, put him there with uh, Tyler Lockett and and DK Metcalf and, and that defense, and you're still in the NFC West, which for my money is maybe the second or third best division in all of football. You're you're playing the AFC West this season. That, to me, is easily the best division in all of football. So with Baker Mayfield under center, you're, what, six wins? Maybe seven? Or you stick with Drew Locke, Geno Smith, the poo-poo platter, and you take your lumps, develop the young guys you win three games maybe four and suddenly you're in the catbird seat for CJ Stroud or or Bryce Young or whatever quarterback that you think is the best one coming out in the 2023 NFL draft I think that's what their plan is and, and, and I think it's a good plan because one thing that we know in today's NFL is if you don't have the quarterback situation locked up you don't have a guy there that you believe is a franchise dude then you need everything around him to go correctly for you to be any good like jimmy g in san francisco had kyle shanahan you know the 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 running game the the great defense Debo samuel george kittle and they had all those things go right they made a super bowl They're winning by 10 points in the fourth quarter. And Patrick Mahomes happened. Flash forward to last season. They get to the NFC Championship, a team that they've owned basically for years, the Rams. And Matthew Stafford happened. Like, if you don't have the quarterback situation secured, it's really, really, really difficult to win at a high level and win Super Bowls in the NFL. And the Seattle Seahawks, because of the success they've had under Pete Carroll, are not going to be comfortable just being a solid team. Their benchmarks have changed. The, the bar has been raised in Seattle. Like they are no longer like, hey, we made the playoff. That's a good season. No. Like they they are now in the business of winning Super Bowls. So I think that they understand that for them to get back to where they want to be and where they think they deserve to be, they need a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. And the best way, the easiest way, the cleanest way to do that is to be bad on the field and get a high draft pick. So that's my answer for the quote-unquote biggest surprise heading into the upcoming NFL season. Um, All right, that's it for me. Hopefully you guys had a – you enjoyed the podcast. I'm having a good time hosting it. Have a great rest of the day.
0: bundled savings variant are not available in every state coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions
1: this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win.
2: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new